One of the warnings that Jesus gave about the end times that we are currently living in is found in Matthew 7. Jesus told us to watch out for false prophets, and He added, they will come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they will be ferocious wolves. This prophecy has come true before our very eyes, and a new book called Deceivers proves it. Stay tuned for an interview with the author. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague Nathan Jones and I have a very special guest with us today. His name is Terry James. Terry has been our guest before, and we have always been blessed by his appearances on this program. You know, uh, Terry was born with sight, but later in life he lost his eyesight, and despite his blindness, he continues to pour out book after book after book about Bible prophecy. How he does it is beyond my comprehension. All I can decide is that he has a very special anointing of the Holy Spirit. Terry, we are delighted to have you with us today. Thank you, Dave. So nice to be with you. So good to have you here, sir. Thank you. Always. Nathan, always. Appreciate it. Well, hey, we've got you here to talk about your newest book, Deceivers, Exposing Evil Seducers and Their Last Days Deception. Can you please tell us a little about it? Yeah, uh, well, I think first of all, uh, how, uh, how the concept came about. Of course, I like to, I always am a firm believer in a lot of prayer before you start any project, and especially, mm -hmm. especially a book. So it was, it was the Holy Spirit's uh, inspiration. But I tell you what, what really, what really brought to mind uh, deception and deceivers, and Jesus' first warning there in Matthew, that, uh, Matthew 7, that um, chapter uh, 24 7, that, uh, that Dave talked about, is, is the fact that uh, we've been through one of the most contentious, presidential campaigns in history. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, deception at every level. Uh, and uh, I just think it is a points to a time that uh, we're in the time that Jesus talked about, a time of great deception and deceivers. Everywhere you look, uh, the, the deception in media and in um, certain political areas, uh, just uh, tremendous. And, and I thought it would be great to at least uh, bring together a group of authors who would uh, really delve into this prophecy because Jesus gave it as his first prophecy on the Olivet Discourse uh, uh, list of prophecies, and so it must be important. And he uh, he emphasized it on uh, uh, several more occasions. So, so that's really what sparked, I think, the idea for mm -hmm. the book. Well, you know, Nathan, you uh, have a chapter in this book, a very good one, in fact. And uh, with an absolutely intriguing introduction to the chapter. <laughs> and um, the title of the chapter is The Foreteller Dash Fabricators. And it just fits into everything he just said because you talk about deceivers in the end time and you focus on Matthew 24 where uh, Jesus talks about the signs in the end times. And it's interesting that he, only one he mentions more than once 
is deceivers. He mentioned it three times. Three times. Go ahead, tell us about your chapter and what the thesis of it is and something about it. Well, I wish I could take credit for the title. That was all Terry here. He says, write about the foreteller fabricators. But it focuses primarily on those who lust after God's position. Of course, we know Satan was the first to, to want what God wanted. He wanted God's power. He wanted God's authority. He wanted God's worship. And so, those who follow Satan want the same thing. They want the attention. They want to control. And so, they end up parading themselves as false prophets, false messiahs, false teachers. And Jesus, like you said, in three times in Luke 21 and Matthew 24, the very first sign of the ten signs He gave at the end times was that there will be false prophets, false messiahs, false teachers. Now, Watchman Fellowship, the cult watching website, has recorded there are 1,200 religions in the United States and 500 Christian cults right now in the United States. I think in Los Angeles right now you have one on every other corner. <laughs> you do. Uh, one of my favorite actresses, Allison Mack, just got arrested from leading a sex cult. I mean, you hear about them all the time. And Jesus said as we get closer to His return, they would increase in frequency and intensity. Okay, on that point, you point out in your chapter that there have always been cultic groups in Christianity. At the, at the very beginning we had the Judaizers and the Gnostics. Mm -hmm. But Jesus talked about they're going to be like birth pangs and they'll increase in frequency and intensity. And that didn't begin until about the middle of the uh, 19th century with the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses. And then as we get in the 20th century a literal explosion of oh, these. Oh yeah, yeah. Jesus said that they, like you said, they, the, they would increase in frequency and intensity the closer we got to Jesus' return. He covered three periods, a time leading up to the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. And like you said, there were false prophets, false messiahs during that time period. But they would increase the closer we get to the rapture. And now we have the proliferation we do have today. But interestingly enough, then we get into the tribulation to before Jesus' second coming, and it reduces down to two. The Antichrist and the false prophet. Yeah, they get rid of the rest. <laughs> yeah, there's no competition. <laughs> Satan's like, okay, I'm done with these false guys. I'm going to be worshipped through well, the Antichrist. You give a very interesting uh, uh, historical analysis of all this uh, mm -hmm. over the years, the different false prophets that came on the scene, including the new ones. And then as you come near the end of your um, chapter, you start talking about a disease called symbolicoly. What in the <laughs> world is that? Oh, that's a little fun that uh, my associate and I had when we made an inbox about the dreaded disease of symbolicoly. That's the desire to spiritualize the scriptures into whatever meaning that you want. Yeah, in which you, you play God, because you can make them mean whatever you want oh, to yeah. mean. Yeah, definitely. And the cure to that is to follow the golden rule of biblical interpretation. If the plain sense makes sense, don't look for any other sense, lest you end up with nonsense. And that's one of the most interesting parts of your chapter, because you get okay. into some modern day examples of uh, people who are spiritualizing the scriptures into meaninglessness and even into scoffers who are scoffing. And that was an excellent point because, you know, when Terry asked me to do this chapter, he was like, we'll cover the false prophets, but I'd like you to also cover the, the ones that aren't necessarily false prophets, but either because they are disinterested in the 31% of the Bible that's prophecy, or they're actually openly skeptical of it, then why don't we cover that? And that was a great, because it's true, by pastors ignoring 31% of the Bible, they are actually promoting a, a symbolicoly, so yes. to speak. Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. I noticed too, you know, uh, one of the best known spokesmen in Christendom today, who has best-selling books out there all over the place, has made the comment, Yes. That uh, Bible prophecy is simply a waste of time. It's a distraction from uh, the the core of the gospel message. 
distraction from the fact that Jesus Christ wins and Christians through Christ win as well? I don't know about you, but I'd be distracted by that any day. <laughs> <laughs> well, a, a Bible prophecy is where we find a, really our source of hope in, in the, the return of Jesus, His promise to return. And uh, I just want to congratulate you on a very fine chapter and, uh, the, uh, and the book overall, Terry, you did an outstanding job. Well, folks, uh, we're going to take a little brief uh, break and we'll come back with another author of one of these chapters. Welcome back to Christ and Prophecy and our interview with Terry James, who is the editor of a new book called Deceivers. Jerry, uh, Terry, uh, we have on the set with us another one of your authors uh, right. in this book, and why don't you introduce him to us? I certainly will. He's one of my dearest friends and closest associates. Uh, Mike Kyle, he's uh, president of Signs of Our Times Ministries in, uh, out of Little Rock, in the Little Rock area. And uh, we travel together and do a lot of things together. Mike has written a superb chapter. Uh, called Tracking Truth in Deceptive, These Deceptive Times. Well, you talk about superb chapter. Uh, you know, uh, several months ago, uh, Mike submitted an article to our magazine about the nations in the end times. And it was a profound article, really, really outstanding. And we published it in our magazine. So, um, on this particular chapter, the whole book now here is about deceivers. In this chapter, Mike, uh, it's called Tracking Truth in Deceptive Times, and you begin it with this sentence. To many, Satan is a cartoon character or mythological creation that is imaginary and harmless. And the polls show this beyond a shadow of a doubt that most people either don't believe in Satan or they believe he's a cartoon character. Let's take it off from there. Right. The deception that has gone on in our country over the uh, 200 years plus that our nation has been, uh, uh, you know, around is uh, just amazing. Satan is not a, uh, uh, a cartoon character as as we men mentioned, but he's actually a, a very deceptive individual. I, I would imagine he is delighted with this. Uh, that's that's true. He uh, <laughs> uh, and. and Whenever uh, Satan deceived Eve in the Garden of Eden, it was uh, uh, in, a, in a way that she didn't know what was going on. And so, uh, his deception has continued today. He deceives the leaders of the world. Uh, he deceives us in ways a lot of times that we don't understand. Well, let me read you another statement that you make in this chapter, and I wish you'd just take off from there, okay? It says, Satan's main goal has been to infiltrate and destroy the United States from within by using leftist subversive groups to create chaos and anarchy. Satan's multi-phase plan has been to destroy Israel by first neutralizing the United States, and that plan is well underway. That's correct. Uh, the United States is sometimes called the Great Satan, and Israel's called the Little, little Satan. Satan. And uh, Satan has, definitely has a plan, uh, and that plan is to, in my opinion, take out the United States. And once he's done that, then he will have neutralized uh, any uh, opposition to uh, taking out Israel. And so, uh, uh, Satan is, is working through the different leaders over in the Middle East and, and around the world in order to, uh, uh, to uh, take out Israel. But uh, I believe that he wants to take out the United States before he actually does that. And one of the problems you point to in this chapter is the fact that the average pastor in America today very rarely will ever, if ever, address 
problems in society from a biblical viewpoint and talk about those. You know, if you go back to the early history of the United States to the colonial times, those pastors were in those pulpits constantly preaching about societal problems as they relate to the Bible and what the Bible has to say about them. And uh, they were emphasizing to people like if they had a major catastrophe they were emphasizing that was because God was upset with them and they needed to repent before the Lord. We don't hear that kind of preaching anymore. In fact on page 80 you make the point that even in the 20th century we started off with some uh, with a lot of people who were evangelists and really preaching the Word of God. And then we moved to those who were simply Bible teachers and finally ended up with pastors who were primarily therapists who were talking about how you can feel better and how you can you know, really applying modern psychology rather than biblical principles. Right. There's been a progression from interpreting the Bible literally uh, as to what the Scriptures actually say to interpret them uh, allegorically. Yes. And, uh, Symbolically. <laughs> right, right. Uh, taking what the uh, the Lord actually says and uh, twisting the meanings to uh, to give you something that uh, may make you feel good or uh, be a psychological uh, explanation for something, but uh, the. Uh, uh, pastors, a lot of a lot of times today, uh, they will preach out of the Bible, but they don't always apply it to what's going on That's today. That's and, called prophetic preaching when you do right, that and apply it. Not only applying what's going on today, but also applying to what's coming in the future. And uh, the meat of the scriptures is getting into uh, applying what's going on today, and also applying what's going on in the future. Very quickly. You write, at the beginning of the 20th century there were not any large organized anti-Christian groups in the United States that were trying to cleanse Christianity from our culture. Today there are more than 200 anti-Christian organizations that are deeply intolerant of the Christian religion. That's, that's uh, Satan's plan to, uh, to abolish Christianity yeah, and, and you neutralize it. you go into detail it. about this from the ACLU to Planned Parenthood and all. Right, and that uh, that process has increased uh, uh, considerably in the last 60 years. In 1962, they took uh, prayer out of the schools. Yeah. 63, they took the Bible reading out of the schools, and then we had a lot of other things happen in, in fact, the schools. One of the important things you do here in your chapter is to talk about the way the Supreme Court of the United States has taken humanism and applied it uh, to its decisions instead of the Constitution. That's right. The uh, Constitution does not give the, the courts the authority to take away our religious freedoms. In, in fact, the uh, this First Amendment to the Constitution puts restrictions on Congress. Yes. It doesn't put restrictions on, on the people. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and our interview with Terry James who is the editor of a new book called Deceivers. Terry, I didn't mention at the beginning of the program that uh, you are the co-host of one of the most popular websites uh, concerning uh, Bible prophecy and that's Rapture Ready. And sitting next to you is the fellow who actually began that. Introduce him for us. Todd Strandberg, and he is um, he is uh, my closest associate. He's like, like he's he's become like one of my own sons. I have sons, and he's become just like one of them. Except uh, he's my boss. He's he's, uh, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's well, they think they are too. But anyway, rapture. He's rapture ready. He started back in. Uh, I'll let him tell about it. And in, in, uh, I think it was way back in uh, what was 1987. 1987. Yeah. 
And uh, so it is progressing. This is one of the top prophecy, um, has been one of the top prophecy um, websites on, on the net. So I'll, I'll turn it over to you and him. Okay. Well, uh, Todd, you have a wonderful chapter in here entitled Media Manipulators. And you focus on the liberal media in America. Wow. Yeah. Take off. Okay. <laughs> that's that's a, a topic that's very uh, close because I believe the liberal media is Satan's greatest tool in America for controlling society because I think he spends more time in New York than he does in Washington. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Back in the 1970s, Alexander Solzhenitsyn gave a talk at Harvard University in which he made the same point the greatest danger to America is. Uncontrolled media. You, you know, when I was in Israel, we uh, we went to all these uh, demonic temples and the tale Baal. But when I was in uh, New York in 2012, I felt like I was in a more uh, dangerous place because uh, all the demons that were in the Middle East are now in New York. Yeah. Well, tell us about the liberal media. Why, why are you so upset about the liberal media? Well, they're <laughs> they just go from bad to worse to, to worse to bad. They are uh, they control ninety percent of of uh, what people see every day. Uh, you know, Facebook, uh, the, all the major networks, and, the radio. And the recent polls are showing that ninety percent of them, for example, right now are Democrats. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're hardcore Democrats. I, I mean, in fact, at CNN, I don't think a Republican can really have a job there. Yeah. Uh, if you say you voted for Trump. You're going to be fired. Yeah. Well, you make this comment. You say, "What the press doesn't understand is that God is in control." Talk about that. Well, I think where God is controlling. Remember back in 2006, the Republicans just wiped out. The Democrats had all three uh, uh, branches of government. They even had a filibuster-proof in the Senate, yeah. but they didn't do anything. Because God, it, was, it wasn't time, and God held them back. But now, if they get in, into power, they are just going to uh, ruin everything. They're going to basically outlaw all conservative sites. They're going to outlaw Lamb and Lamb Ministries. They're going to outlaw Rapture Well, uh, they're already in the process of doing that, not legally, but uh, in the sense that uh, uh, your sites, uh, like your, the video sites, are. are well, this is what they want to do. Like uh, Hillary Clinton wanted to make every link illegal, a every news link, and have e everybody had to be registered as a, as a news provider and, and get the, the approval from them. Yeah. And you know, the Prager uh, puts out these wonderful videos that are about five minutes long. They're not Christian, but they're conservative and they're very well done. And he's had over 40 of them canceled. From the internet, just taken off because they didn't agree with. Them. Yeah, and you have somebody who put their thumb on the scale. They can they can block you a whole number of ways. I was uh, wondering why my emails weren't getting out on uh, to AT and T sites, and I come to, to find that AT will put your email into a spam box when you send it to someone, uh, and they, uh, they can uh, they can uh, if you have subscribers, they can maybe it only goes out to eighty percent of them. Uh, they can block your domain. They can do all, all sorts of things. We can't bring this to a close unless you tell us, do you think we're near the rapture? I think we're very near the rapture. I think everything is just lining up. I think we are just in a holding pattern. And there's more things that are being added to that, that holding pattern. And I just think, yeah. you know, Jesus said we will not know. It's going to be a surprise. Yeah. But uh, all I can do is just focus on the rapture more every day. 
Welcome back to Christ and Prophecy and our interview with Terry James, who is the editor of a new book called Deceivers. Terry, we covered three of the authors and their subjects so far. Let me run down through the index here and maybe give us a little bit more information about some of the other wonderful chapters. For instance, you had Jan Markell as one of the authors, and she wrote about religionists, deceivers, rampant. What's that all about? Yeah, well, she really outlined, I think, uh, in fine fashion, uh, as only Jan can, about what's going on in uh, among Christianity in Christian within Christianity today. She uh, she just uh, dissected, uh, diced and dissected uh, those who are uh, false teachers and false prophets and great deceivers. Okay, and you also have Dr. Gary Fraser who spoke about Laodicean lies. What are Laodicean lies? Of course, that's Revelation chapter three in the Church of Laodicea, in that um, you know they will not endure sound doctrine. And Gary points that out very well how how they they diverted from sound doctrine and uh, and uh, they heap into themselves teachers having itching ears and uh, they'll believe fables but. Uh, but we'll uh, not accept truth. And Gary, uh, again, did a good job on that one. Excellent. Well, so you have uh, Israel Wayne who did the schoolroom seducers. Who's seducing in the schoolrooms? Uh, that's a very, very special uh, chapter in, in my uh, estimation because uh, he, as, as Todd talked about uh, earlier, uh, talked about how prayer was taken out in, in 62, 63, and in, in prayer and in, in Bible reading in, in the classrooms, how from that very uh, time, you know, we've gone through the entire uh, values clarification, no absolute truths uh, down through the educational system. Postmodernism. Postmodernism, and how it has uh, totally affected and destroyed yes. the American educational system. And, and Israel did a, a fantastic job on that. Well, I know Dr. Billy Crone did Demon Conjuring Con Men, and that was particularly <laughs> interesting. Again, particularly clever title. Who are the Demon Conjuring Con Men? Well, I don't know what, what I was thinking about when I signed that title, but, um, <laughs> but uh, there are so many of them. And Billy, if, if anybody knows him, he's a powerful, powerful dynamic speaker. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's, a, he's a, presented this in a written form and, and some of his, from some of his uh, speaking uh, uh, engagements, and I knew I knew about what it would be like when when he uh, when he wrote it. It's just it's just uh, the great deception going on in general in this country, and, and Gaty got into some specifics about who and why and when these things are happening, and and what the likely results is. It was a great study in Satanology. I mean, he gave yeah. you every detail about Satan. Probably your best chapter, though, must be by this guy, Dr. David Reagan, <laughs> Signs Outshine Satan's Seductions. Maybe he would tell us a little about that chapter. Well, before I do that, I wanted to mention uh, Chapter 8 is by Damon Duck, who's oh, one of Damon my Duck, favorite yeah. people uh, in the field of Bible prophecy called New World Order Wizardry. Every time I think of Damon Duck, I think about the time that he uh, told me that a church invited him to come and hold a conference and they really wanted to get a big crowd out. So they got their heads together and they, what can we do to get a crowd out? And evidently they had a marketing man as a member. You know, you, you <laughs> yeah, made your living yeah, as a marketing yeah, yeah. person. As a, I understand that. Yeah, and so they came up with a headline. They, they ran a big uh, feature ad in the paper and the headline said, have you ever heard a duck talk? <laughs> I remember that. I remember David telling me that. Have you yeah. ever heard a duck talk? And boy, the people came out to hear the duck talk. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I want to thank you, first of all, for inviting me to uh, contribute a chapter. Thank you so Nathan much, and I both were really blessed by your invitation. And um, you asked me to write something about Signs of the Times, and you gave it the title Signs 
outshine Satan's seduction. And uh, I thought that was very clever. Yeah. But anyway, um, my chapter is about the fact that uh, Bible prophecy is just kicked around all over the place. And Satan loves that. He doesn't want anyone to respect Bible prophecy. He doesn't want anybody to pay any attention to Bible prophecy. So, we have Christian leaders who deny there is any prophecy in the Bible. The, the liberals say, you know, there's no prophecy in the Bible. That's just poetic uh, expressions and that sort of thing. Or it was all written after the fact to make it sound like prophecy. And then you have the abusers who uh, uh, spiritualize prophecy, symbolically, mm-hmm. and, and they spir- spiritualize everything so it's, it, it no longer has any meaning. And when you spiritualize prophecy, one problem is you never know when it's fulfilled. And then uh, you have the uh, people who uh, take prophecy very seriously, but consider it to be a playground. And so they're constantly trying to identify what date the Lord's going to return, or who is the Antichrist, or crazy stuff like that, sensationalism of all kinds. And Satan just loves that sort of stuff because what happens is it creates in the minds of people the attitude that Bible prophecy is a playground for fanatics. It's just a, a waste of time and no one should get involved in it. Mm-hmm. I grew up in an amillennial church where Bible prophecy was never taught. It's a miracle of God that I'm a Bible prophecy teacher. <laughs> but we were just told that, for example, the only sermon we ever heard about Bible prophecy was there is not one verse in the Bible that even implies that Jesus will ever put His feet on this earth again. I heard that over and over and over. And when I was 12 years old I was thumbing through the Bible and found Zechariah 14. And it said that in the end times the Lord's coming back to the Mount of Olives. When His foot touches the mountain He's going to split in half. He's going to speak a supernatural word. The Antichrist and His forces will be destroyed. And verse 9 says He will become King over all the earth. Mm -hmm. And 12 years old I understood that. Mm -hmm. And I took it to uh, my pastor scared to death. And I said, what, you know, you say that there's not one verse implies He'll ever put. What about this? And I remember he just sat there and he read it forever. And he read it and read it. Finally, he just put his finger in my face and said, Son, I want to tell you something. I don't know what this means, but I'll guarantee you it doesn't mean what it says. <laughs> because it didn't agree with this uh, particular uh, interpretation. So, anyway, I, uh, my, my turnaround in Bible prophecy came. When I sat down one day, I was probably 30 years old, and read the Minor Prophets. And it was like reading the headlines of yesterday's paper. They're as relevant today as they've ever been. My colleague here, Nathan, has written the best book I've ever read on the Minor Prophets. And and he shows how relevant they are. And when I got to Zechariah, I'd never read the whole book of Zechariah. I read it. And you don't have to be a space scientist. It just suddenly dawned on me, every prophecy in that book about the first coming of Jesus was literally fulfilled. Why wouldn't the second coming prophecies be literally fulfilled? Exactly. And that was my turning point. Well, folks, that's our program for this week. I hope it's been a blessing to you, and I hope that you'll be back with us next week. Until then, the Lord willing, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. To get a copy of Terry James's book, Deceivers, place your order through our website at lamblion.com or give us a call at the number you see on the screen. If you call, please do so Monday through Friday between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time. The book is hardbound and runs 334 pages in length. It could be yours for a gift of $25 or more, including shipping. And we will also send you a complimentary copy of Dr. Reagan's 40-page prophetic manifesto. The book about Deceivers contains 14 chapters about various forms of spiritual 
biblical deception in the end times. And each chapter is by a different Bible prophecy expert. Some of the authors who are featured in the book are Jan Markell of Olive Tree Ministries, Eric Barger of Take a Stand Ministries, Don McGee of Crown and Sickle Ministries, Gary Frazier of Discovery Ministries, Billy Crone of Get a Life Ministries, and also the people featured on our program today, Dr. David Reagan, Nathan Jones, Todd Strandberg, and Mike Heil. Dr. Reagan's booklet titled A Prophetic Manifesto has gone through seven printings. Thousands of copies have been distributed worldwide. It is a hard-hitting revelation of societal degradation, spiritual apostasy, and prophetic confusion. And it contains a powerful warning about how rebellion against God and His Word is going to result in the destruction of our nation. Again, both these publications, The Deceiver's Book and The Prophetic Manifesto Booklet, can be yours for a gift of $25 or more, including the cost of shipping. As for offer number 824. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 